Welcome everyone to the Progressive Podcast, the podcast that will help you progress your health and fitness goals, enabling you to enjoy life more by having a healthier and more active lifestyle. I'm your host, Luke Lamont, and I'm sat with my co-host, Aaron Williams, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about diets and food relationships. So, Aaron, you're all well and good, so we're going to go straight into it. We've already caught up, so we'll bypass that bit. So first off then, Aaron, what do we mean by food relationships, if you could explain to the listener? So food relationships is based on how you feel eating certain foods and like um, what's, it, what's attached to that. So a lot of people tend to have guilt eating chocolate, um, crisps, stuff like that. Whereas, and it's just that relationship between what you think about when you're eating and um, like your diet as well. So what we what we try and make sure is with our clients is that the food relationships are good relationships um, and make them realize that there isn't actually bad food. There's obviously, there's foods that are gonna be better for you in terms of um, what micros and um, the nutrition um, basis of it. But it doesn't. It's not to say that we would frown upon having a chocolate bar, for example, or anything along those lines. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, what I personally mean by food relationships is being able to eat without guilt, hitting the fuck it button just because you had a chocolate bar, or using it as a comfort or celebration in the extreme. So obviously, we're going to use it has comfort at times and we're going to use it as a celebration if we're going out for a birthday or something but don't go extreme you know if you're going out for a friend's birthday and you're going to have burger and chips at lunchtime that doesn't then mean that you need to go and smash three puddings afterwards and then have a takeaway that evening you know it's having that relationship to say right okay i've had a burger and chips now i need to get that little bit more nutritious or nutrients in the food that follows and having maybe a more nutritious option and when it comes back to comfort as well you know you might be feeling a little bit down. There's nothing wrong with sitting on the sofa, watching the TV with a chocolate bar, but I argue to say they shouldn't have a mass quantity of chocolate. No. So this is what I mean yeah. by, you know, in extremes. Yeah, so a, health, a healthy food relationship is knowing that you can have this stuff and don't have to feel guilty about it, but also knowing that actually overindulging in it and having too much going on to the extreme is going to cause you to be further away from your goal so whether that's a weight loss goal or it is going to cause you to put weight on it based on that overindulging putting you over your calorie intake um i forgot what i was going to say now um with the with the food relationship something that changed massively for me um a few years ago was rather than thinking about food as like something I was having because it was nice and going for like the nicer option all the time and it's it's fine to go for that nicer option as long as you can fit in your calorie intake but something that helped massively was just thinking about like my food is there to aid my performance and fuel me throughout the day um, so with that food relationship I was even I was able to see food to help me to play football and 
do what I need to do like and use it as fuel rather than thinking oh, I'm just going to have this because I fancy it. Yeah and I mean Aaron's talking there from a, um, a physical performance um, perspective but it's just as equal for a mental performance as well. Um, if you're going to fuel yourself off chocolate bars, off um, foods that have very little nutrients in it, then you're not going to be able to think as clearly as what you would if you have a wide range of foods that contain an abundance of you know, nutrients and stuff like that, your fruits, your vegetables, your lean meats, um, your complex carbohydrates, you know, your healthier carbohydrates if you like, and that take longer to burn. You know, all these are going to help you with uh, with your mental performance and the amount mental function and help you in your day-to-day -day life, whether it's with your job, whether it's decision-making at home, decision-making whether you have the larger chocolate bar or not. You know, a lot of these um, a lot of these factors are often determined by your actual overall well-being, which is determined by how much sleep you get or what you eat. Um, so we're going to delve in now into a little bit of our history in terms of what we've done. Um, so Aaron, you know, explain your history of your food and food relationships, if you like. So mine's not probably half as much in detail as what yours might be, but um, it comes down to like when I was first getting into training and um, I've, al I've always been one that I've struggled to put on weight, especially when I first started because of the amount I've done. I've always played football. I've always been like really active. Um, when I did first start training um, in the gym, I was already training for football two to three times a week, playing on the weekend as well. Um, I think I was playing twice, Saturday and Sunday on the weekend. Um, and then also training in the gym. So for me to put on that weight, I had to, I had to massively up my calories without really knowing anything about calories. So obviously first thing, most beginners do is just go straight to the supplements um, and that was what that's what it was for me um, I got a, a um, yeah <laughs> I, it, was, it was a full of carbs and fats yeah there is like very little protein in it yeah um, a mass gainer is like a protein shake that like Ari said is carbs fats it's just a high calorie milkshake <laughs> I think if I was to look back at it now it was probably upwards of a thousand calories per yeah. shake um, so yeah, and then I went to like the opposite as well, going going on holiday, um, jumped on my fitness pal at this point. Um, I think it was like a year or two after getting getting on the mask data. And then obviously holiday, you want to cut down a little bit, and get get some abs. Yeah. Um, so. It was then get on my fitness pal, trusted their numbers. Yeah. That I was gonna lose like a kilo yeah. a kilo a week. Um, and then it was then I was on what something like sixteen to seventeen hundred calories. I don't think I've been on that amount since. Um, but yeah, that's that was my main like fads and struggles really. Yeah. I mean when I Look, think back about what I've done in the past. You know, I've done most things. I've gone to extremes, whether it's cutting out bread. Uh, the most extreme thing I've ever done was cut out um, high fructose corn syrup. 
which a lot of people probably won't be aware of what it is. It's, um, it's a sweetener that's put into chocolate and cakes and drinks. Um, and I remember reading about it somewhere and then I read a bit more and I kept reading. I was like, Jesus Christ, these companies are trying to get us hooked on their products. I was like, there's a big conspiracy theory here. I'm gonna cut it out. And I remember telling someone like, who was having a thread them. I was like, you shouldn't have that. Cadbury's are just trying to get you hooked. You told me I couldn't have a Freddo. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, this is to the extreme I went to. Uh, you know, cutting out high fructose corn syrup, that's something that I've done. So uh, I've been clean eating only for, you know, periods of time, most often 12 weeks at a time, trying to get this 12 week transformation, whereby I've cut out anything that was basically my favorite foods. So anything like cakes, pizza, sausages, burgers, and I was strictly only eat vegetables, complex carbohydrates, which I mentioned before, proteins, um, and just eat those for 12 weeks. And then of course, end of the 12 weeks, you don't want any chocolate. You don't want anything like that. But then you have that little bit, and then you have the lot. Yeah. So, you know, you backfire. Um, you know, a lot of these fads were done without what Aaron said, any sort of knowledge of calorie balance. So it was all well and good me cutting out these foods, but I was still over consuming calories, which was the fundamental key in me to lose the weight. I wasn't actually that much in a calorie deficit if I was in a calorie deficit. So I was still not actually changing. And then all I do is come the end of the 12 weeks, I just backfire and then put more on. You know, I told you the stat a few episodes ago about the amount of people that diet and rebound and stuff like that. It's staggering and I was one of those people. Um, you know, I've tried cutting out every bit of food, tried doing um, carb cycling, which is where you have different days of different amount of carbohydrates. Um, I've done the clean eating, I've done flexible dining, I've done it if it fits your macros, uh, which is basically if it if the food fits your protein goals, your um, carbohydrate goals and your fat goals, then it's fine, just eat it. Um, but then by doing that, your calories go over what they need to be. So it doesn't really make sense. Um, but you know, all these different things I tried that didn't lead me to my goal, ultimately led me down to failure and rebounding, but it's actually educated me. And this is why I'm able to sit here now, comfortably say what I've done, but confidently give out advice and say, listen, this maybe isn't the best option right now. You know, try this. And speak to people and they're like, oh, I'm not eating this, I'm not eating that bread to the demon. I'm like, listen, you might think that right now, sure, but there's gonna be a time when you want a piece of bread, have it, you know, don't don't demonize it, don't put it off, put it off, put it off. Ultimately, it's the overall calories. If you can fit that piece of bread into your diet, then by all means have that piece of bread. Um, and just be, just be sensible. Um, so what do we currently do about our food, relationships and diet? Aaron, what sort of things are you doing at the minute? So, as I've said a few episodes ago, my training is like skyrocketed compared to what it was last year, recently. Um, so my my food relationship now is back to that, thinking about just fueling myself to get through workouts and fueling myself to make sure that I can recover um, after the workouts. So um, <coughs> my calorie intake at the moment is 3,200. Um, and that's all I'm focused on really. I'm fo Obviously I'm looking at protein and getting ad adequate protein, uh, 
I'm having about a, a gram per per pound of body weight. So I think was it last episode or the episode before we said about um, I personally go off like weight loss for I think it was um, it was 1.5 grams per kilo. I don't think you mentioned that on the podcast, but that was just mentioned it to me. We okay. said about 1.6 to 2.2. Right, yeah, yeah. But then you said 1.5, you list, yeah. Yeah, well, all right, I'll go into a little bit more detail. So for weight loss clients, I'll go, I'll say 1.5 kilos per, um, 1.5 grams per kilo of body weight. There we go, I've got it right eventually. So your weight in kilograms tanked by 1.5. <laughs> yeah, gives you a protein target that is not only um, gonna help you recover and get an adequate amount of protein in your diet, but it's also something that you can stick to without really having too much of a problem. If you have like a portion of protein with each meal, um, you're probably gonna hit that number without trying too hard yeah whereas like what a lot of people are on or well what i'm trying to aim for at the moment is getting that little bit more protein in so that pound uh, that gram per pound of body weight yeah it's a little bit it's a little bit more and a little bit harder to to achieve for some people especially if they're on a deficit yeah um females so, on low calories for example yeah yeah um so yeah, going back to what I'm currently doing, I'm currently on a gram per pound of body weight uh, of protein. Um, not too bothered at the moment about carbs and fats, just hitting a calorie target. Um, but I will start bringing in, like looking at them a little bit more as I get closer to um, like doing more competition stuff. Yeah. Um, so like carbs, more carbs, like on the day or day before of a workout yeah. where I know I'm gonna be, and then up the fats a little bit to help aid recovery a little bit more um, yeah. in the days after. Cool. Uh, currently, I'm not in a fat loss phase. I'm actually trying to add muscle. So I'm in a, what, you know, a calorie surplus. Um, my maintenance at the minute, calorie maintenance is around about 2,900 uh, to 3,000. So I've only up calories by about two or 300 calories per day, which isn't a lot. You know, a lot of people when they go into this, this gaining phase, absolutely smash the calories above what needs to be basically. And they end up gaining more fat. Whereas I don't want to gain too much. There will be some fat gain because I'm eating more energy than what's, uh, you know, required from my, my body. But that needs to be done in order to build muscle. I'm tracking on my fitness pal. So uh, everything that I eat and drink, goes in, well not everything that I drink, I don't track water, but everything that's got calories in, I will track on my fitness pal. The only thing I don't track on my fitness pal is salad and vegetables, because, well, it just gets too much for faff. But all like main foods, main like drinks and stuff like that, they all get uh, tracked through my fitness pal. So if I have a coffee at home, I don't track that, but if I have, um, say, uh, an almond mocha in Starbucks, then I will track that. Um, so I'm currently using my fitness pal as the, the form of my keeping a food diary, which is something that I'd recommend for most people, um, just to get a baseline of where you're at and current eating habits. And then you've got data also to look back on. And you know, if your if your uh, progress plateaus, then you've got this data to look back and go, oh, okay, 
for the last three, four, five days I've actually overconsumed, or it could be that you have no data, you're plateaued and you haven't got a clue why, you've got no data to look back on. So definitely look at keeping some sort, some form of data. One thing, one thing about my fitness pal before we move on oh, is, yeah. like I said just before, where I went off the figures that they gave me, yeah. I've made sure you find a website, and we can link the website in the description, can't we, um, that we use to calculate, calculate your calorie intake based on your goal. Um, my fitness pal go to the very extremes. They've got like a lose a kilo a week and it puts you in like a thousand calorie deficit. For most people, that's not gonna be sustainable for a week, never yeah. mind, never mind like six to 12. Yeah, I mean, the thing with my fitness pal and their calorie um, guidance, if you like, is they give you, like I said, a very restrictive one for as if you weren't moving. And then when you move, you, you attach them, your step tracker to it, you then input your workouts. And what it'll do is, the more you move, the more workouts you do, it'll give you more calories to use for that day. Whereas what you're better off doing is factoring out a plan of how many sessions per week you're gonna do, how many steps you're roughly gonna do each day, and then work out your calories based on that and then just stick to it. That's much easier rather than this sort of working out to get a reward, which is food. Yeah. You don't wanna look at it like that. Okay, yeah. Back to the food relationships. That's it, yeah, yeah. Bad relationships. So you wanna factor out, factor in everything and then work out your calories. Um, you know, food relationships for myself right now, I'm able to go out, like I mentioned earlier, and have a burger and chips at lunchtime, and then come back then from an evening meal and go, right, I need some form of vegetables, I need some sort of complex carbohydrate, maybe potatoes, rice, and some lean meat. You know, this is where we're at. When it comes to breakfast, I have eggs pretty much most mornings. Ironically though, I didn't have them this morning, um, but I do have them most mornings. And people say, don't you get bored? I do, but I don't look at it as a, as a way of eating for pleasure in the morning. I look at it as a way of um, performance, mental performance. You know, I want to be able to think quicker. I want to be able to be on it straight away. And I find that eggs, good source of protein, good source of fat. I have to have toast with it. Fuels me then mentally for me to have a good productive morning, really. Um, so that's why I have eggs in the morning. You know, it's protein, it's carbs, it's fats, and it's you know, it's it's nice, it's warm, especially in this weather. Yeah. Right. What other diets and approaches to nutrition are there out there, Aaron? <sighs> I think it. I think it'd be easier to go into what the, what isn't there. <laughs> um, yeah. There's all sorts. Um, I we've got. We've got a few notes written down, but there's even more than that. Like you've got your weight loss clubs with <laughs> your Slim World Weight Watchers and things like that. Don't you um, awesome. say the name? <laughs> what commission? <laughs> um, well, we could say we don't. We don't uh, suggest them. Yeah. Um, if it if it works. The like Luke said, if it works for you, great. But we're literally the way we do it now is just look at calories and learn about like we teach about calories and watching your calorie intake against what you're expending yeah um because based on like all the other diets that you find you've got uh you've got all sorts i'm not going to go into all the different ones but essentially all they do is create that calorie deficit but they don't tell you about it so 
like we've just said about the weight loss clubs, um, let's take um, like your low carb, high fat, for example, or the opposite way around, high carb, low fat, or even low both of them. They all create a calorie deficit. Um, that's that's the design of them. Um, but most of them don't tell you about it, so it's not actually educating you onto how you've lost the weight. This is why a lot of people do that big circle once they've gone through these things and through these fad diets. Um, so really, I just say, learn about calories, find someone that can help you, <clears throat> like teach you how to balance your diet, count your calories, um, maybe up your protein a little bit, but don't do anything too extreme. You know, don't be drastic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we look at the keto diet, for example, where you cut out carbohydrates, or you have very, very low carbohydrates. People often get weight loss or fat loss or flat because they're not eating carbohydrates. That's like 60% of people's diets cut out. So you're actually gone from eating 100% of your food to actually eating 40%, and that's why you've lost weight. It's not because it's keto, it's because you've taken 60% of the foods that you'd normally eat out of the diet. Yeah. We then look at paleo, another popular diet, which if people don't know, paleo is basically eating like a caveman. My argument always is that you're gonna live in a cave. You're gonna eat like one, why don't you live in a cave as well? And that's, you know, that soon makes people look at it logically. Just because they've done it then, it's not how you're meant to eat now, is it? You know, they didn't have cars then, it doesn't mean that you're not gonna drive now because we didn't have cars then, does it? Yeah. So again, the paleo diet cuts out foods like pasta, you know, foods that are um, not entirely naturally grown, if you like, and that creates a calorie deficit. If you look at things like Slim and World and Weight Watchers, and again, you it was, you, you've yeah, said so, that one <laughs> but it restricts foods again by making you have sins and what's the one that Slim and World does? They use a color system, don't they? No, that is a sins, I think. Is it? Yeah. It's one or the other, isn't it? But like they restrict foods and then you can only have so many points to use on these higher calorie foods. Yeah. So ultimately it's always this calorie deficit. Now, what you've got to understand is when you go into calorie deficit, everything down regulates. So your body stops working as efficiently as what it is when it's in maintenance or in a surplus. So your body's not going to be burning as much. So when you go into a deficit, you've got to understand that you might be in a deficit, sure, but you still need to keep that activity because your hormones aren't going to be working as well. Uh, your hunger hormone, which is your ghrelin, you've got your leptin, uh, which is your fat loss hormone as well, related to hunger. They're not going to be as strong, so you're not going to be high as high metabolically as what you would be if you're in a balance, uh, in a maintenance, sorry, or in a surplus. So your whole body is down-regulated and doesn't burn calories as efficiently. So what we need to do is we need to make sure that we're still moving, we're still creating this sort of deficit that is doable for your lifestyle. This is what we mean by a sustainable change to your lifestyle. I was having this conversation yesterday with a client that we need to go on a diet. You know, this individual's got a serious health problem in diabetes and that we need to shift some weight and we need to change and said, right, we need to go on a diet. She's like, I don't like that word. I was like, why not? It's like, because if you take the, word, the letter T off, I don't like that. I said, die. She said, yeah. I said, well, if you continue the way you're going, that's ultimately what's going to happen. And she was like, yeah. So that was hard truth in the face was like, oh shit, okay, you're right. So 
Creating a healthy lifestyle is having these habits in place once, if you like, your diet's over. It's going to protein, it's understanding you're gonna have burger and chips for lunch and then having lean meat, lean vegetables, lean vegetables, lean meat, vegetables, and complex carbs in the evening and just making that a go-to rather than forcing it, if you like. So a diet isn't something to be ashamed of. A diet is a temporary process in order to decrease the amount of body fat that you've got. So, Aaron, for those people that struggle with food relationships and um, understanding everything and having a healthy lifestyle, what are some things that they can improve or work on that is gonna help them? So, I've said it um, when we talked about the last bit, in just get educated. Um, educate yourself on, on calories in and calories out. Um, and or find someone that can educate you. Um, there's loads of people on, like on social media and stuff. Obviously, listening to podcasts is going to help educate you massively. Um, but yeah, first and foremost, make sure that you you know what the food what the food is and why you're why you're eating the food. Um, if you if you want, like we said at the first bit. If you want to have them like nice treat foods, if you want to call them that, um, have them. Don't feel guilty about them. Just know where that's going to leave you in terms of how many calories you've got left for the day. Um, Just a little note on that, how many calories you've got for the day. I always recommend and I like to say that you should be spending the calories how you spend your money. So at the start of each month you get paid, you then use whatever money you need for your bills, for the essentials. So that could be up to 80% of your bills or it could be 60% or whatever it is gonna vary for, depending on each person. But you take care of the essentials before you go out and buy a holiday or a new car or go to the cinema or go for out for meals. You take care of the essential things, your rent, your mortgage, um, your car, your phone, your broadband, you know, all these things that you need in life these days. You take care of gas, electric, food. You take care of these things before you take care of anything that will be added. And that works exactly the same with calories. Take care of your essentials, your protein, your complex carbs, your fruits, your vegetables. And then once you've expended all of those, then look at adding in these extras. It could be that once you've spent all your essentials on the calories, you've only got 300 left. You can fit a chocolate bar in for that. And then the next day it might be, you've got 300 left, but you don't fancy a chocolate bar, so you're banking. The next day you've got 300 left, so you're banking. The next day, you've got 150 left. You use the two 300 to add them together, plus your 150, you've now got 750, which is nearly a pizza from a shop. So there, the weekly average is just fitted in a pizza, a chocolate bar. So you've banked your calories and you've taken care of the essentials. So look at it that way, rather than just looking at it as like a chore. Yeah. And on the back of that as well, if, if you know you're going out on a Saturday night, for example, you bank, you can bank them, cal them 300 calories all week, and then you've got, you've got room, you've got an extra 1,500 calories mm -hmm. for that Saturday night. Yeah. Um, so, and that'll be one way to make sure that you don't spill over onto maintenance or either or e even into a surplus um, sure. when, trying to, when trying to lose weight. Um, but all, it also comes down to like what we said before about like that guilt. So a lot of people have that guilt and then think, oh, well, I've done it now. 
I'll just start again next week. Yeah, fuck it, boys. Yeah. Um, so, if you can get in that good habit of banking banking the calories, um, and then saving them for a weekend, if you know you're going, you know you're going out, or even like Luke said about spending your money, uh, spend your calories like you spend your money. You could think about having a weekly calorie intake, and then basing it off that. If if that daily one is a little bit too much for you to to think about, um, you could then look at it as a week, maybe even a month. But for some people, that might be a bit too much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you could think about it as a week. If one day you go over your calorie intake, you know that you've got this much per day. Um, or this many calories for the week left. Yeah, just back on the back of that, using the calories for a month. You know, we don't want to see anybody in the last two weeks of the month not eating because you've used them all in the first two weeks. So maybe don't look at it quite like that. Maybe look at it over a week. But I get where that was coming don't, from. Don't spend your calories like uh, <laughs> some people spend the money. And yeah, just yeah. Blow go it, out, go out on the week. Have <laughs> yeah. three great days and then like your own. Poverty calories for the rest of the month. Starving for the rest of the month. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, education's key, guys. You know, there's so many resources out there. Some some might say there's too much conflict, there's too much resources. Find the people that are in a similar position to yourself in terms of your lifestyle. So, for example, if you're a 21 year old living at home with your parents and, you know, you've got no worries, no it's just you basically, then maybe look for somebody like that. If you're a parent who's got you know, a, a job, a full-time job, a couple of kids, um, a relationship, you've got all these different things to juggle, then maybe look for somebody in that space who's similar to you. You know, like we've got kids, we've got full-time jobs, um, and we're busy, you know, so we've got to juggle everything as well. So we're kind of in that boat with you, and we're kind of living that healthier lifestyle, we've got the habits in place, we're educated, so we're the right people for those people. We have been in that 20, well you're only 23, but we have been in that 21 year old position. So you could argue and say, we've been there, we've kind of experienced that as well. But somebody who's currently there now probably isn't the best person to give advice to a parent in the mid thirties with kids who's busy, who's stressed. So find that right person for you. Um, we're coming up on time, so we are gonna have to leave it there. Um, so, We'll have to call habits on another topic because we didn't really get into that, but I, didn't yeah. know, I think it's quite crucial. Um, but guys, that's it for today. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please consider leaving us a review. Five star would be brilliant. Maybe leave us some feedback as well. And if you've got any questions, we are planning on doing a Q&A at some point. We've got a couple of questions in already. So if you've got any topics or questions that you want us to cover, get them in for us. Uh, that's going to be all for this week. So guys, just remember, make being progressive a habit. Hey, remember the B, the B in.